Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Twins and a Mic. This is episode four. But you guys didn't think we'd make it this far, huh? I've heard I've heard a few comments around, you know. They people were saying you might just get into this for the you know first couple of weeks and then it would eventually trail off. But here we are. We made it to episode four and we're kind of very firmly committed to um continuing this this series. So just to let everyone know, expect a new episode every sunday i don't think we made it clear before but we um we produce a new episode every sunday and we generally aim to have it available the same night um otherwise it would be the following day so um welcome i'm your host sam i've got eli here hey everyone and yeah thank you for joining us for the fourth installment of two twins in a mic we're just discussing before we started the recording that we've received a few um feedback and comments about the grammatical incorrectness of the term to our branding two twins and a mic um yeah we didn't really think about it in terms of it is it is a bit weird in the sense that yeah we, we are just one set of twins and um we just do have one mic so but anyways so we're just going to stick with it and hopefully you know you guys don't pass out from the incorrect language <laughs> And we don't need that kind of negativity in our life, all right? If, you, if you're not happy, you don't have to listen. <laughs> yeah, we're just mucking around, guys. But so we do have some interesting news for you today. We have a guest speaker joining us today. The one, the only, the mother of three and a mother of twin, uh, two twins. Well, not two twins. That's confusing. This is how we keep getting confused. She has a set of twins herself. So yeah, it runs in the family and let me introduce you to our sister, Sharon. Hi guys. <laughs> How is everyone? So um, thank you for having me. It's a bit awkward trying to talk into the mic, having not done a podcast before. But you know, I'm actually interested in kind of having a go, given that I'm an avid podcast listener. And um, yeah, I'm just going to let it to leave it to Eli and Sam to really run the show. And here and there I might pop up with a few comments. But yeah, hi guys and welcome. Thank you, Shireen. Thank you for joining us. So Shireen is her Arabic name. That's why sometimes I would just prefer to say as Shireen. But in English, it's Sharon. So that's how it's spelled. S-H-A-R-E-N, guys, just in case you're interested. And yeah, so our sister is actually an introvert. Not that we like assigning labels or anything. So this is different for her in the sense that, you know, being out in the public um, sphere and just really being vulnerable and expressive doesn't necessarily come natural to everyone and we we appreciate and respect that so this is a big deal for her it is you know a, a threshold that many of us you know in life it's not easy to cross because you know there is i guess sometimes a fear of public um perception and reaction and you know in terms of it, it doesn't necessarily come natural to everyone the, the confidence of speaking in public I mean, I can tell you myself that I, I was not always a great public speaker and my, my brother and sister can testify to this. So I was the type of person that would actually get quite nervous, you know, giving out speeches. And I've had moments where I've almost passed out in front of individuals. And I'll give you one story. So this was um, during the days when I was at university and we had to do a presenta presentation for one of our 
classes. I think it was like, what was it, Sam? Like finance, yeah. it was a finance related class. It was a group presentation. So everyone had their section in their part where they had to basically um, present. And I remember like when it came to me coming up and presenting, I was just so nervous that like um, my heart was racing so fast and I was delivering the presentation. I don't think anyone could tell that I was nervous. So I'm pointing, I'm gesturing, I'm, I'm you know, giving out all the facts. And then all I could feel, my heart was racing so fast. And then this, this, I think this was the second time this ever happened to me or the, perhaps the first time. But I, I felt like um, the world closing in on me and like, like just black coming. Like imagine like your screen, your TV, when you turn it off, how the black just, you know, narrows down into this little circle and then shuts off. Like I felt that happening to me slowly when I was like delivering my presentation. And I almost thought I was going to black out, but I didn't want to embarrass myself and pass out on the floor in front of everyone and so basically i like clutched my heart on my chest and i just took a moment and I, and I looked down on the floor and i just started to breathe and like just focus on my breath and it was just almost instinctive and i i, I in my in like my head i i thought i was like paused for like an hour which apparently was only like a couple of seconds, seconds when i talked to my brother and i managed to catch myself before i passed out and continued the presentation and then i was like so thrown off by like what had happened when i sat down and talked to my brother i'm like did you um did you notice i was just about to pass out he's like well, what are you talking about he's like i thought you were pausing for effect and i was just like man dude i was about to literally i was having a heart attack and i was about to pass out on the floor so um i guess the point here really is just that you know i i am very like i, I get quite nervous in terms of delivering public um or public speaking, but not anymore. So just, yeah, this is my story. My sister wants to quickly interject. I'm going to pass the microphone to her. Just wanted to say you're very sweet for trying to make me feel comfortable because that's me pretty much all the time, <laughs> ready to pass out. But thank you. No worries, sis. So, um, guys, I just want to make something obvious. I know my sister has a deeper voice than the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... Um, so I remember in the previous episode we were talking about accents so you might notice that my sister has a, um, a more Aussie clearer accent so it's, it's just something I found, I found I find very interesting but I just wanted to point that out but anyway you know on the topic of what you were t um, you were kind of alluding to earlier you you were saying to us before we started the um, the conversation um, I'm, I'm looking at my sister and I'm referencing her right now that you know you weren't sure about you know participating in the podcast and you're like what if people kind of misunderstand you or they that you, you don't clearly articulate your point of view and, and you know it causes some sort of confusion and you're you're one of those people that kind of gets stuck in their head similar to both the both of us but probably more so than the both of us and what my sister is currently working on right now is her own website and we're also helping her put together this website so she can launch her poetry um, she's really good at writing poems um, quite deep and profound and i kind of gave her a little bit of push she's always had this 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 um this desire to publish her work and it just reminded me because what what i found interesting was she was initially kind of with the podcast, because I'm now jumping around a bit, she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to join. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to do it. And I, I found that really great. And I really loved that attitude because I could see you kind of fighting yourself in your own mind. And 
these doubts, I don't know where they come from, but um, I was glad that you kind of overcame them and you're trying to push yourself outside of your comfort zone because a lot of us, uh, you know, face a similar situation in, in, in our day-to-day lives where we kind of gravitate towards what we're normally comfortable with, you know, because it gives us certainty and we know that we're not going to necessarily um, offend anyone or say something stupid or whatever. But you know what? Life is short and we might as well take these chances now. And even if things don't necessarily work out the way we want them to work out, we, we gave it a shot. Um, so this kind of, wait, yep, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I just got, I wanted to jump in since before we get into like the topics that we want to discuss today, um, just on the whole idea of like pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Um, so a couple of months back, like there was always this one thing in my head that I really wanted to do because I felt like really uncomfortable um, doing it in, in public. And it was basically being shirtless in public. I know it sounds, it sounds a bit dumb and vain, but for me, it's just like, I always wanted to be that guy who's like running down the pavement or the footpath. And if it's a hot day, I just want to be able to take off my shirt because I don't want that sweat and like just to stick to my body. I hate that feeling. And then a couple of months back, I was walking from back from your house, Sam's house, that is. And I said to him, it was a hot summer's day. Mansion. Sorry? Sam's mansion. Sam's mansion. That's right. His little tiny 10 uh, square meter mansion. So, one garage. <laughs> and um, so I'm like basically walking back to my house and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And there's cars passing by. I said, I'm just going to take off my shirt. It's fine. And like I, I, every part of me was fighting against it. Like I'm like, I, uh, don't do it. Because there's a part of you. It's, I don't know if it's like initially self-esteem or if it's um, maybe like cultural conditioning, doubt, or like just, you know, the fear of like how... You know, really harsh yeah, like, oh, so yeah, it can be quite, quite harsh on myself. But I, then I did it and I just walked the whole way down without my shirt. And I recorded it, excuse me. And I put it on TikTok because I'm just like, I really need to push myself outside of my comfort zone, you know, because like, what's the big deal? And um, I got to admit, initially, it was very awkward, like just having cars because in my head, I'm like, oh, they're just staring at me shirtless, <laughs> like, you know. But I, I think after like five or 10 minutes, like I warmed up to the whole idea of walking down shirtless. And it's not like I had any real intention behind it besides just making myself uncomfortable. And one other thing that I do to push myself in terms of outside of my comfort is taking cold showers in the morning. And a lot of people think like, you know, you're crazy. Like it's now, I think we're in winter, right guys? Autumn, okay. I don't know my seasons well enough. So (laughs) it's autumn, it's quite cold. And taking a cold shower in the morning, it's like, I don't want to do it. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, what the hell is wrong with you? But the, the again, the, the reasoning behind that for me is to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And if I force myself to be uncomfortable, then I can learn how to soothe, my, soothe myself and calm myself back down and like essentially center myself. So I know how not to react when I'm feeling uncomfortable, that I can just remain balanced and that's the beauty of like having something like a cold shower so yeah i'm going to quickly pass the mic to my sister because we need to be mindful also that sometimes as extroverts my brother and i like it we can dominate a conversation and i know 
from the lessons that I've learned, I can see the fear in my sister's eyes <laughs> right now. But she's like, what are you doing? What do you mean you're going to pass me the mic? I don't know what to say. Like, I can, I can literally pick up. But this is part of the journey and the process. And basically, I'm going to structure it for you because what, what, what I would like to hear um, from your end is like around the topic of putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. Do you have a personal experience or how do you feel about, you know, trying to challenge yourself or anything along those lines? You pretty much read my mind. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, definitely, I feel like I've gone through a lot of growth, especially recently. Um, I think it's having a toddler now who's starting to become self-aware and also having um, my two twins. I'm starting to realize that if I'm going to preach to them in the future around how to manage life's challenges, that I really need to set the example. And that's quite scary because you're like, oh, so now not only am I responsible for dealing with my own challenges, but I have, I, I'm going to be this like great mentor and advisor and kind of be a figure of like leadership for these kids. And I really need to be able to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And um, recently, it's really forced me to kind of, I guess, just finally take action on the things that I find either very challenging or very scary or just overwhelming. Um, I just feel like I've, I don't have a particular story, but I would just say everything in my life, like, for example, I know that I have, that I'm a kind person, that I'm a nice person and all that kind of stuff. But I know I have areas where maybe... I'm a bit of a daydreamer and I need to like, yeah, at work, I'm different. I'm full on like, go, go, go. And I can manage my tasks. But when it comes to home, that's my kind of daydreaming time. And I'm like slower to do things and take action. And sometimes, you know, it, it comes at a price, whether, um, for example, like, you know, especially when you have three kids, like you, you need to be on top of things. You don't have time for yourself anymore. So rather than being a harsh critic or listening to harsh critics who may criticize you, it's like, okay, if you value time now and you really recognize the importance of time, then you need to step back and just be conscious of what you're doing in a day, what you're thinking, and start being aware of how you are like managing the time that's given to you. Um, that's probably a poor example, but I just feel like being on the spot, it's a bit hard to like kind of uh, communicate this huge change that's going under like you're going through um, yeah I'm trying to like I, I just feel like a lot of it is a lot of mental change like mental thinking I've tried to turn any negative thoughts I have into something posit positive and I'm a person of like faith so I turn to like you know God and basically ask for help and if I make a mistake then I ask for guidance and I'm, I'm learning to forgive myself even if people around me may be a little bit harsh or like unforgiving and that to me has freed me so much because now I feel like I am a person who's truly growing for themselves mm. and at last I feel peaceful at last I know that I'm going to be okay no matter what the situation is versus in the past trying to do to please somebody else or trying to meet the expectation of you know society and it's it's just too overwhelming and it's not the right motivator behind it but now that i found what i want to achieve and i'm the one who's being motivated and i feel like god's most merciful and through that i'm forgiving myself and i'm patient with myself that i'm seeing the change and even if i fail 
with time I progress and I get better and I feel like that has inspired others around me whether directly or indirectly thanks for your time <laughs> and that's very interesting to, for you <clears throat> that's very interesting to hear you say that and this is kind of where I want to initially take the uh, the conversation so I think all three of us are quite spiritual in a sense and we definitely look to the deeper messages that that exist within within life and the universe um, so I'm a firm believer that nothing ever happens coincidentally there's a reason behind everything even the fact that you know I, I was surprised to see you at my place today I, I, I wasn't actually I'll tell everyone I wasn't expecting to see my sister at my place today nor did we plan for her to be on the podcast um, but my brother was supposed to come over to my place so we could start recording and I already had kind of formulated some ideas of what to talk about um, but you know this is a good example of no matter how hard you plan in life or whatever you have in your mind life will kind of steer you in the direction that you're supposed to go down and I I've learned to be one of those people now that just kind of at least more recently try and accept things for for you know what they are and and how they naturally transpire because in the past i used to try to change and control the outcome and the more i tried to control and change things the more stressful the more difficult my life was um and at the same time i was i had constantly set these expectations in my mind and every time i didn't meet these expectations i would be very very much disappointed to the point where you know i became a little bit depressed because you know no matter how hard you plan out your life, and I, um, this is a message directed at everyone, life will throw curveballs, you know, um, it will challenge you in, in a multitude of ways. And what I learned in life is you have to just be able to re, not necessarily react to situations, um, but able to kind of go with the flow and, and make the best of a situation and then kind of look deeper and find the meaning you know, or the lesson behind it. And so this is where I'm starting the conversation because I wanted to share a story with, with everyone here. Um, so when I graduated, and this kind of relates to whole, the whole, like the messages behind everything and the lessons. So when I graduated from university, um, I graduated from the University of New South Wales. So some would consider that a top tier university in Australia. And I graduated with a double degree in commerce and law and again you know it sounds like a fancy degree so when I was at university I kind of had a bit of an ego where I thought yeah yeah you know I must be clever because I'm at this great university um, I'm studying this amazing you know combined degree and every, the world's my oyster everything's going to work out for me um, and when I graduated you know I graduated with a distinction average and a lot of the law lecturers also kind of fed us this idea that you know, if you come from this university and, you know, you're already studying a great degree and you graduate the distinction average, everyone wants you, you know, you're so special. Um, there's no way anyone would turn you down, particularly coming from, you know, this prestigious university. So, you know, I didn't see what was coming, but upon graduating, I ended up unemployed for seven months, seven months. And during that period i kid you not i probably applied for more than 200 jobs and never in my life did i expect you know to at least in my mind i felt like a massive failure 
I was like, how can, how can I, how can I not be able to get any job? And, and to be fair, I wasn't, they got to, I got to a point where I was no longer applying for like legal roles. Initially I was applying for mostly legal related roles and then finance on the side, but it, which is, which is strange because actually my passion was always finance, but I was like, you know what, let's give, let's give law a go and let's see how, how things kind of transpire. I kept applying, kept applying, kept applying to all these legal, uh, these law firms, got rejected, got rejected. I don't even think my resume made it past their um, filtration systems, if there are, if there is a filtration system. But um, I actually don't think it made it to the um, human resources. So, so yeah, so 200 applications later and nothing. And again, I was, as I was mentioning, I was heavily focused on trying to get a, a role in the legal um, field. Now, during that time, I went into a massive slump. Almost, I would say it was a depression. And, you know, this is how ridiculous I'm going to sound right now. I used to think depression was a load of crap. I actually never believed people could be depressed. I thought it was a choice, you know. Um, but having gone, I think life was also trying to teach me a lesson because I, I was somewhat unempathetic when it came to people with depression. I'll be like, you know, it's all in your head. Um, you're a bit mopey, you know, you're not taking enough action, but here I am, you know, a guy that's applied for 200 roles, you know, did everything that he was supposed to do and was told to do and nothing. Anyway, I, I kind of then said to myself after getting rejected multiple times, I'll just start applying for finance, even though finance related roles, even though that's where my, um, my passion has always been. And I do, I actually did extremely well at university with respect to finance. But again, I was just trying to gravitate towards law because he had the prestige. It had this whole like, uh, like backstory behind it. Because again, I used to watch a lot of um, TV programs like Suits and whatnot, and that kind of made me feel like, oh, you know, this would be a very sexy, um, almost prestigious. prestigious profession. So I ended up, even in finance, weirdly enough, and and ended up struggling to kind of find roles that would would work for me particularly given that it was so late in the year the the grad programs had all disappeared and i was literally picking at uh, just peanuts yeah there's admin roles over glorified basically salesy roles nothing nothing that would that would necessarily interest myself um so one day i was going into the city for for an interview again for some dodgy role and when i say dodgy i genuinely mean like a very dodgy role because i i'd broke my confidence and my self-esteem had been completely broken i was happy to clean toilets at one point uh, and i kid you not like i'm like if i could get a job cleaning toilets that that's how low my mindset was so i um i, I had my dad drop me off to the um the local train station and I've, I've, I've been to that train station so many times in my life. I, I had to go to that train station to get to university almost every day of the week, except for the weekends. But something very, very, very strange happened that day. And again, guys, I never used to look into the deep messages of things or lessons, but something very odd happened that day. So you had that morning rush of people um, going to work, you know, and catching the train to their, to their jobs. Now, as I was walking to the um, the ticket barrier, some this this old lady kind of appeared out of nowhere. But the way she appeared was very weird because there was a, there was a horde of people rushing to get to the platform, and all of a sudden it's almost like they parted like the Red Sea, 
And this lady who was obviously um, begging and she seemed homeless, potentially even a victim of domestic violence because she did seem battered when I, when I saw her. But what weirded me out was of all the masses of people, of all the people there, she locked her eyes onto me, right? And I, I would normally have my head down because I just, I, I just wasn't feeling that great. And she just kept walking towards me and like everyone kept parting around her. And she just kept walking towards me and she goes, you know, excuse me, sir, um, do you have $5 to spare? And in my mind, I was like, what of all the people dressed in suits, right? With their fancy jobs, you pick out the one guy who's like so down in his luck and probably, and I, I barely have any money. I'm not generating any income whatsoever. Like, why me? Why did you? Now I feel very awkward. But a part of me, again, being in that very low mindset, just said, looked at her and said, look, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have anything. I just kept walking. But I only walked about a meter away from her. And then I stopped because there was this voice in my head that said to me, or that was saying to me, like, you don't know what her story is. You don't know what she's been through. You know, um, you're doing it tough. Like, this is how you feel right now. No, no, imagine how you feel right now and how low you feel, you know, but you still have a home. You know, you still have your family. You still have an education behind you. You know, she doesn't have anything. Like, how can you do that? And that, that was, it was my subconscious mind just telling me that at least that's what I thought. So I walked about a meter, then I stopped and I said to myself, if I have any money in my wallet right now, I will go and give it to her. But this is where things get even more strange. When she asked me for money and I've, I've never had a beggar, not beggar, sorry. I've never had a person who's, who was in need um, specify how much they want. She's like, excuse me, sir do you have $5 to spare? And um, when I looked in my wallet after I walked away and I, I made that kind of commitment to myself, I said, whatever I have in there, I'll give her. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting to have any money in my wallet. I was just going to, I was using my credit card or my debit card to kind of get through on the train and all of that. And I looked in my wallet and then there was exactly $5. And I was like, whoa, what are the odds? So I turned around, I walked back and I, I gave this lady the five dollars, um, and this lady again. What freaked me out? She looked legitimately like a Disney character. You know those old ladies with like they had. Um, she had like a bit of like like a scarf over her head, um, and she just looked very different. And I, I I know some people might think I'm exaggerating or I'm embellishing the story, but I'm honestly not. Um, I gave her the five dollars, and she's like, "Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. You know, may may you be blessed and all of that." Anyway, I, I felt good about myself. Um, I was like, okay, at least I did a good thing. Went, continued walking towards the platform to go to this interview that I honestly didn't want to go to. And all of a sudden, I'm not even exaggerating again or embellishing. As I'm sitting on the train, I get three phone calls back to back for three separate job offers, each one better than the other. And I was like, how is this possible? Like for seven months, I had nothing, you know? And I felt like... If, any, if, if ever I was to be tested in life, this, this would have been a great test. And in a way, I look back later in life, you know, and now fortunately I've, I've, I've done quite well in terms of my career, in terms of my growth. But, and I told a lot of people this same story. I look back and I'm like, there was a lesson that the, and, and the universe was trying to teach me something. It was saying to me, you're not being your authentic self, nor are you trying to do what you actually enjoy or or good at? Then that being law, 
you know, I applied for job after job after job after job. And the universe said, was saying to me, it's not for you. And if anything, basically, I'm looking out for you because you don't want to be stuck, you know, for the rest of your working life in a job or a career that you're not going to enjoy. And I know that you're not being true to yourself. But in that moment, when, when I was unemployed, the way I interpreted it was, how dare the universe not give me what I wanted? I'm such a good person. You know, I've never done anything wrong in my life. I've never hurt a person. I followed the rules. I, you know, I played by the book. And that's how that was my mindset. I was such a victim, you know, a very much a victim in my head. And and I was like, but I deserve more. I should have got these roles. How are these people? They're not as good as me, you know. But the lesson was the universe was saying, you don't know what, what I know, you know. And again, from a religious point of view, everything's kind of to an extent it's almost predetermined mm. not that we know what our destinies are but it, it fascinated me because again when i'm looking back in time now the universe was looking out for me it pushed me towards finance you know it was also trying to test my characters as, 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 a, as a human being you know you say you're a good person right but that's so easy to say when you've never really been tested it's so easy for a person to say I'm a very kind, caring person, but you've never been tested. Or a person to say, I'm very strong. You know, I can put, th- I can, you can put me through any adversity and I can get through it. But why? Well, sorry, what makes you think you are when you've never really been through that? And in a way, I felt, you know, the universe was trying to test me as a, as a person who is supposed to be, at least in my mind, I think I'm a kind, caring, compassionate human being. They're like, in your worst and lowest moment, right? Because you attributed a lot of your value to, you know, finding a job because 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 of your degree and whatever. Are you actually the person that you say you are? And at least I feel like that was the one of the greatest tests in my life. And in the end, things did did work out really really well for me. But you know, when you look at things at a point in time, you don't necessarily see the bigger picture. And I just thought, it would, I mean, that's just something that, that rings in my mind when it comes to messaging. So I, my sister has something to say. I really love that story and I know how much of an impact it has because like I remember when you first told us the story and that you brought it up several occasions after and it gives me chills because even though obviously that story is unique to you, I can relate to that, those like two key themes like in our traditions in our faith, there's a saying that um, you may love something which is not good for you and you may hate something which is good for you. Uh, yeah, which is good for you. So like you said, you may have ended up in a job that you hated or that wasn't going to be of benefit for you. And in the end, it was a test of patience and effort and just um, giving back really for you to reap the blessings and again there's another tradition that says something along the lines of you know if you give in charity you receive back sevenfold it may not be in the form of money necessarily but you see blessings I, I can personally attest that sometimes you know you hold back and you think oh I'm not working at the moment like I'm you know maternity leave etc like but then you see people struggling in this world like mothers who don't have enough milk to feed their children and you just can't watch that and think it's okay so you end up like giving and then you see blessings in your children things that you were worried about and then it's like you're like how can I deny this so that gives me chills and honestly I just I 
think it's so relatable, but it's just about opening your eyes and reflecting. And it's something that many of us can experience. It's very interesting. Um, I don't think I've actually heard this story until now, unless I have terrible memory. Terrible memory. Yeah. So I might, I might have amnesia, guys. I have no idea. Um, it is a Mercury in retrograde, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, that when, when I was listening to you um, speak, I was actually, I felt sad initially, you know, just hearing, you know, you going through that. I, I mean, I know it was a tough experience for you. I remember you had a job at that time. And, and I, I the last one left. yeah, and I did have a job at that time. And I was like, you were the last one left in terms of employment. But yeah, even just hearing that that lady, you know, just isolated you and that she was going through, you know, a tough experience herself. Uh, yeah, that, that really like touched me deeply because like I hate I hate hearing about suffering I hate seeing people suffer and I was talking to my sister about that today like it's just I don't think it's something that comes easy to us in terms of our personalities like we do put a good front I feel at times people might perceive us to be tough and very put together but deep down internally there's like a whirlwind of emotions and i think my sister can definitely relate to this and i know like when i walk down the street and see like somebody who's homeless my mind just drifts into this space where it's just like if i can just become successful in life like in terms of as a businessman or run my own company and stuff like i can help these people like i can employ them i can you know use like do some good in terms of philanthropy like but from a practical sense, I always think of it, you know, in terms of I can help educate them, I can help train them, I can, and and that's because there's such a core part of me which is just like I don't want to see people suffer. I, even even when it comes to people like you don't necessarily like, I don't want to see anyone hurt. I don't want to see anyone suffer. So you're in in the sense that you're saying like that's who we are at our core level. I completely agree, hundred percent. And I think I went to, through a similar experience, not as intense from the career perspective because when so when i graduated i had the same issue as my brother like well we both graduated from the same degree law and finance right and same expectations around the fact that you know we we would just get high paying you know top tier jobs and that's how it was sold to us too but i had the same situation where when i was applying for jobs like i wasn't getting a lot of the stuff that i wanted and deep down i also wanted to have been a doctor specifically like diagnostic medicine because i love problem solving and getting like these challenges and long story short like i didn't get into medicine and my my dad didn't let me sit the exams again because i failed the first time so yeah when i was applying for jobs i remember like i wasn't getting anything also in sydney and so i ended up having to expand basically you know the my options in terms of applying across all of Australia, even internationally. And I got a job in Canberra and I thought to myself initially, like I wasn't going to take it, but I was like, you know what? Like, why not? You know, like I have to push myself out of my comfort zone also because I can't just stay with my family and in Sydney and I need to progress in terms of my career. And so I literally sat, I remember sitting the interview well, no, I got so in terms of getting the job. So it was, I, I literally got the job within two weeks of applying for it. So I did the interview and I had to move out of Sydney within those two weeks too. Like I, I literally had very limited time. And 
unfortunately my dad's mother had also passed away so it was just it was just an insane conversion of, of events yeah yeah and so like i had to buy a car i had to find a place to rent you know and then i had to get all my stuff over there and yeah it was just so anyways i also thought in my head that you know this is my opportunity i'm going to live alone i'm going to be able to be who i am finally and you know life's going to be great and everything and i remember like when i got to canberra initially all i felt was like this huge sense of loneliness and i know like a lot of my friends and and, and probably my like siblings especially my brother i don't know i doubt my sister but we're thinking like oh he's living the high life like you know he gets to live alone but all I, all I had i remember that first night was like was this overwhelming sense of like loneliness you know like i was in my studio apartment and it was nice and everything but it was just like oh is this is this life on your own <laughs> like so yeah i get to watch a couple of movies you know i get to make my crap steak with peas frozen peas every night and literally i'm eating the same meal but i was like it was so lonely to the point where i was just like at that point i also didn't have like friends in canberra so i was just feeding ducks after work in my spare time and i would just sit there and contemplate you know coming back from work you know late in the evening and it was summer days so it's just like i'm sitting under the sun you know i've i've gone to Coles or woolworths which is like a grocery shop picked up some lebanese bread or some toast and i sit there and i would feed it to the ducks until some lady told me that you know it's feeding bread to the ducks is really bad you should feed them lettuce <laughs> so, so anyways like i wasn't going to carry lettuce and feed it to the ducks so plus it's i don't know if lettuce dollars, iceberg lettuce yeah. is expensive oh, okay but yeah i just remember thinking like, cuz my expectations were like and, and like that's that's on the funny side of things but also from the from the job side of things it's like when i got into consulting because that was the role that i took in canberra i again like my brother i thought it was going to be like this high flying you know i mean i got to travel to chicago and everything for training which was cool but like that's where it ended the cool factor you know like the rest of it was just i mean i made some good friends in canberra and all of that stuff but the but the sorry what was that oh uh, you have a question so to steer it back to the kind of the theme do you think there was a lesson behind all of that you know or was what was like say for example do you think life was trying to build your character in a particular way or trying to propel you into a particular direction make you more independent like what do you think there was something behind that all yeah yeah so this like that's this point actually i was trying to get to which was i know i'm a bit long-winded but in the sense of i my expectations in my head was that I would get to live this cool bachelor life and this job was going to like, I'm not too sure in my head what the job meant, but like I'd be this, you know, um, corporate high flyer. Um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm hanging out every weekend with my friends and like, you know, I'm going to these business meetings and then, you know, like we have these waiters that were bringing us orange. Yeah, it was just like a load of crap, a lot of ego. Yeah. Right? I mean, some of it did happen. Like we did have like people that would bring us food um you know in-house chefs and all of that stuff we did get to wear suits and travel but it was just a lot of it was just very um soul sucking and soul destroying having to stay up until 1 a.m you know doing like this this grunt work it was just not fun right and i think like the lesson for me and also i got to like try out different experiences with my like my friends in terms of you know like just being out late at night until 2 3 a.m in the morning you know what i mean and i guess for me like the lesson was like also you know you get to participate in a number of different events like you know like you go to like uh, you know uh, like work functions like christmas parties all this like stuff and then you, what you realize is just that like this is not the life for me like this is 
this doesn't resonate with who I am. And it was like the, the culture, the type of people also is just very much like it felt very imposter syndrome, very fake. And then like, I, I just remember like every morning I would wake up and I was telling my sister this today, like I was just remembering the Steve Jobs um, quote or speech in my mind, which is like, if you wake up every morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and if, sorry, if this is the last day of your life, and you were, you know, you were to wake up every morning and look at yourself in the mirror. Would, is this the thing that you want to be doing? And I remember it's like, this isn't what I want to be doing. Like I was just dying inside. Like, I don't know how it looked to everyone else. Cause I know everyone else thought like, you know, he's living the high life, you know, but it was like, I was, I was slowly dying inside and I just couldn't wait to get back to Sydney, back to like my friends, my family, and to try to find a job that was more appealing and that resonated with me. So do you think maybe what lo- the lesson behind that was you know life because you might have thought to yourself before you got this role and before you moved to canberra you know i can't wait to be on my own life is going to be like this it's going to be so amazing you know you don't really need to be around your family you know being independent is the best thing and you know however you've kind of framed it in your mind and then life was saying okay well i'm going to let you kind of experience that and then the lesson behind it, and that's when you came back, you're like, you know what? This is very much overglorified. You know, being alone or as they say, independent isn't what it necessarily is made it made out to be. Um, you know, and how people perceive it is purely based on their own projections. You know, because the reality is life isn't a movie. Um, and so you said to yourself, wow, this was so far from what I was expecting. I can't wait to come back to Sydney to be around, you know, the people that I care about and maybe to do something that I actually would enjoy rather than just trying to escape and, you know, live my life on my terms. Yeah, a hundred percent. But that's not where it ended. So when I came back to Sydney, I thought I had another like job offer and it was like a six figure, like, and, you know, I thought to myself, awesome. Like I'm, I'm 26 I think I was turning 26 and and part of my goal was to hit like six figures before before I well as soon as I hit 26 and I did that right and I get this job and again because I was chasing money and I wasn't again in alignment with who I am at my core level and what I wanted to be doing life hit, hit me again in the sense of okay so you wanted money here's this job that you get paid quite well but I hated it I I did not enjoy it like in the sense of it was just soul sucking and destroying like I again like I went through probably what you went through which was like almost this depressed stage where and it was compounded with the fact that me and my colleague were in that state of mind and the only reason I actually stayed in that job part of the reason is because of like my I made a really good friend in that job but it was very unhealthy for me in the sense of like the work I thought was really boring. And on top of that, yeah, I I, I, I I don't know how to get into the detail of it. Sometimes it's just hard to describe these things. But I just remember like having insomnia and not being able to sleep for like sometimes two to three weeks straight. And like I thought to myself, like, what's going on? Like, why can't I sleep? It's like I haven't slept for three weeks. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced like sleep deprivation but you start to lose it. <laughs> like I, I physically would like just felt like a zombie, like going, getting into the train and just re- rinsing and repeating and doing the whole cycle every day. And I remember one time the director said to me, she's like, are you okay? Like you look off. I'm like, I haven't slept in three weeks. 
Like I, I just, I, I feel like absolute crap. And anyways, what the way I, I tried to kind of treat that was through supplements. I thought, okay, if I take, for example, this sleep medication, which was like um, valerine, valerine root, like it's a, it's a specific supplement that helps like a person sleep. That, that didn't work. So I, I moved to another supplement like GABA. Um, I kind of, I don't know what it stands for. Um, then I, I started taking like sleeping pills and I started taking a bunch of other supplements because I obviously was getting other issues because I wasn't sleeping. Like in, I was also feeling anxiety. And I think that was also from drinking a lot of coffee, trying to keep me awake. Like it was just, I was just spiraling. Like I, my, my siblings know it. Like I had a whole cabinet of supplements and I was trying to essentially like I, in my head, I thought if I can use supplements to, to cure whatever's externally in terms of my symptoms happening, then I should be able to fix this. But ultimately, I wasn't addressing the root cause of the issue, which was I was deeply unhappy about my job and where I was in life because it wasn't in alignment with who I am. Yes, I was making money. You know, yes, the hours were like in this particular job were, were good. But again, like it, it's this is not where you should be. And it was only until honestly like that I, I changed careers that I just felt at peace and felt relaxed. And like because the job, the next job that I jumped into I made sure, I promised myself that I would not select a job that didn't resonate with who I am, that wasn't the st- like essentially the type of work that I wanted to be doing. It didn't have to be 100%, but if it wasn't like, you know, specifically here like strategic and problem solving, I didn't want it, right? And I, I, I sleep fine. I got rid of all my supplements because I addressed like the root cause. There's obviously multiple issues. It wasn't just my career, mm. but... I, there's that cabinet full of supplements is practically non-existent now all the other essential oils and stuff that i was spending money on was gone and i think the lesson there is like how important it is to and and the universe will direct you there when you are out of alignment to put you back on the path where you're supposed to be sorry i was just gonna jump in and say um like it's a very relatable story what you just said and I've definitely been through that and sometimes like you said it's like when you're sick and you have symptoms and it's trying to tell you hey you're unwell you need to do something about it but you choose to just treat like the the surface area symptoms rather than the root cause and so you then develop a chronic illness which could lead to death so you're literally sometimes dying inside thinking no I need to I'm not strong I need to like have patience i need to keep going at what i'm doing everyone tells me that you know what i mean like you should be um happy you should be positive you should be thankful and you should but i agree i agree with you not everything needs to be 100 percent alignments nothing's perfect but you need to find a space where you're like look this is challenging maybe it's part of it is for me to grow um maybe it's for me to kind of learn patience but it shouldn't be so out of whack where you literally feel like you're dying and I've been there and I think it taught me because I'm the ter- person's like you just push through you just push through and then you get literally ill and sick and you're unwell and it impacts every other part of your life before you realize it's either it, it, like you're going to have to end that relationship with work or whatever it is or <laughs> it's going to end you so it's very relatable and I just I guess it's hard especially when you're young and you're trying to find a job and you're just trying to find any job sometimes because you want experience and all. But as you grow older, especially, you learn that for it to be sustainable, you need to look after yourself. And for you to give back and continue to do well in your work, 
you, you need to respect your not only like for example what a company you know can give to you in terms of salaries or whatever but what sorry not only what you can give to a company but what can it give to you you know what i mean is it going to fulfill what you desire to an extent it's not just about money it's not just about you know the perks it's really about that like desire inside that self-fulfillment so it's very relatable like i honestly think a lot of us experience it yeah so that that's a very interesting story as well see that's what i'm trying to get to um you know i feel like there's always a deep wisdom behind a lot of the experiences that we have in life and you know i remember my brother um basically handing me this book to read um not that long ago ago called the alchemist and you know it's very rare for books to really um make an imp one second yeah i'm just gonna jump in i just want to give people the context of how i came across the book the alchemist right so i was in a bit of a dark point in my life right and i was at my sister's house and she has like this shelf full of books and i guess i was bored and i needed to fill in some of my time and i just remember like just browsing her shelf and just asking like what what books should i read what do you recommend and she's just like i don't know you know like um they're all good and i think you threw some recommendations at me but like nothing specific and then i'm just like brushing my hand across the books and i just stopped at this book that said like the alchemist i thought oh this is this is interesting like you know i don't know why but like chemistry has always appealed to me in, in a sense and you know alchemist chemist and i always you know like the you know the arabs of the golden age of you know islam were essentially very famous alchemists and i thought to myself like oh this this you know like i, I this is interesting like maybe there's something there you know that i can resonate with and so i i I'd like i took the book from the shelf and i was like to my sister what about like this book the alchemist and I think you you read it, but you couldn't remember all the details. And you said, "Oh yeah, it's a good book." But then your husband was like, "Yeah, yeah, like I really, I really recommend it. It's it's a really and you know he's a, he's a very logical guy." So I was thinking, this is a fantasy book, you know. So I was like, "Oh, this is interesting that he's recommending." It. And it was just again, I come back to my brother's point. There's no such thing as coincidences, right? So like, the, let, I'll let him finish the story in terms of why. Oh, you want me to continue? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I take the book from the shelf and. You know, at that point, like, I, I do enjoy reading, but, like, you know how you have moments and phases where you're just, like, you don't want to read, you know? But, like, anyway, so I just, I, I, I pushed myself to read the first couple of pages, and it, something just clicked. It was just, and this is fantasy, so I'm not always drawn to fantasy, but this one really got my attention. And I just couldn't put, put the book down, and just, there were just so many aspects to the book. Like, I didn't realize, like... I'm trying to I'm trying to think how to describe it, but there were so many events that happened in this. I forget the name of the the person. The sh is he was he a shepherd, right? Yeah. So so many events happened in this guy's life. Like he's, I don't, I don't know if I should be spoiling it for people, but essentially he goes through a number like uh, goes through a journey, right? And oh, you've got the name Santiago. Santiago, right? So this this kid Santiago, you know, he's he's essentially. I think he was down on his luck, right? He wanted to like make his wealth, and I, I'm not going to try to recount the events because I'm, I'm I'm struggling at the moment. But essentially, the book talks about he the number of like negative things that happens throughout his journey, and how you learn in the end that each of those negative events wasn't actually a negative consequence. Well, I'm, I'm not too sure how to describe it, but it was actually a lesson for him. But in the moment, you don't see it. 
until after. And the end, the way it ends, I personally thought it was really good how they tied it back in terms of, and I'm not going to spoil it because I think everyone should read this book. But sometimes the idea is what you're looking for, what you're searching for is right in front of you, but you need to go through that journey before you can actually appreciate what you have. And anyway, so I read this book and I just wanted to recommend it to all my friends. And so I ended up, I, it took me a bit of time and effort, but I got my brother to read it and one of my other mates, Deepak, to read it. And they, they absolutely loved it. Like it took a while. Like when I say it took a while, like with Deepak, I think it took a couple of months before it clicked, but now he's always referencing it. And um, yeah, I'm just going to pass it on to you just so that you can talk about. Yeah, so um, it was one of those books that you recommended to me. Now, again, it's very rare for me to um, like have, like I, I like reading. But again, I'm not a fiction kind of guy. I'm, I'm more nonfiction. I like history, facts, whatever. Um, so I was like, you know what? He's 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 selling it pretty well. Um, let me let me give a re- give it a read. So I started reading the book, and I was like, wow, this is so interesting because it's so relatable. So you have this protagonist, you know, who has a dream, and his expectations are already set, but you know, he keeps having these experiences that diminish his expectations you know almost somewhat crushing his his hopes and dreams um to the point of despair and and hopelessness and i feel like a lot of people kind of experience experience such things in life and and these these um these books these movies whatever a lot of them are you know inspired by reality even if they're fantasy you know they're still inspired to some degree at their core by reality this book was written how long ago? It was like 1929 or something? Uh, or was it was a while ago. 1930s, yeah, yeah, it was a really long time ago. And, you know, so these these themes are universal, you know, and these experiences are universal. And there will be people 200 years from now, you know, talking about similar experiences and like the challenges of life and, you know, why do, why do certain things happen to us? You know, it's not fair. Um, but what really fascinated me, there was this one interesting... Um, extract or one chapter in the book where the the protagonist Santiago meets I believe like some sort of mystic or, or wise guy the king yeah so he goes to this 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 home I guess it was a very elaborate home maybe palace or something like that and um, the mystic guy or the guru goes to him okay I'm gonna give you a spoon and the spoon has some oil in it and I want you to hold this spoon with the oil and go up these flight of stairs all the way to the top without spilling any oil. So Santiago, you know, he focuses heavily. He is very careful. He's walking up the stairs, you know, making sure not to spill any oil. And he's just very firmly committed. I think there might have been some sort of positive um, outcome at the end of that. But what, what was interesting was when he got to the top and he met that mystical guru, He's like, okay, um, how was it? He's like, I, I did well, you know, I didn't spill any oil. I did exactly what you told me. And he's like, but did you also kind of enjoy that process or that or that journey? I know you were on your mission, the mission that I gave you. But while you were on that mission, did you kind of take everything in around you? He's like, as you were going up those stairs, did you see these beautiful paintings, these sculptures, you know, these elaborate carpets and, and, and whatnot? And he's like, no, I, I didn't see any of that. And... The, the kind of the message behind that the guru or the mystic was saying was, you know, in life, when you're kind of heavily focused on, on a particular objective or an outcome or, or a mission, and let's bring it into the real world. Let's say, for example, your mission objective in my case was at one point 
to find this dream job in this dream profession for some people it might be to find you know the dream woman or the dream man for other people it might be you know that kind of perfect family you know the perfect life with the perfect house with the perfect car you kind of when when you're i know i know a lot of like those motivational people like yes you know find your goal and your objective and you know just dream about it day and night and re you know re kind of remind yourself all the time what you want what you want what you want but i actually think it's a very dangerous mindset because I, I adopted that i'm sure a lot of people adopt that mindset where you have that particular outcome but you know what in life if you go around focusing on the outcome and not the journey or the process you're, you're you're going to be a very miserable person and life is going to go flying by because you're so hell-bent on this this outcome that may or may not happen there's never a guarantee because there's all these other great incredible things happening around you that you're missing because you're so blinded and tunnel visioned you know and then my let's say for example you you're, you know, you're looking for that particular job, but there's all these other great jobs that will eventually lead you to a better path, but you're like excluding them and overlooking them because you have this one, you know, I, you know, this, this, this particular job that you really want. But what the alchemist in general, the, the, what the, the book is trying to point out is you have to let go of control. You sometimes have to let things just naturally take their course because when you start trying to change the course of what's necess not necessarily predetermined, but like I, I would say it is predetermined. I know some people might have an issue with that concept, but when you're trying to change the course of things, you know, you're going to face a lot of setbacks in life, a lot of challenges. And so when you say to yourself, why me? Why am I being challenged? When am I? Well, actually, you should be thanking your lucky stars because the universe, you know, God, however you want to define it, it's like saying this isn't the right path for you. You you might even it might be like you're on a dangerous path path right now. Say for example, um, in a, in a relationship, right? You're a woman, you know, and you're holding on to this really toxic, um, you know, partner who isn't right for you. You know, the universe is pushing you against it, and you're like, no, I, I he, he's the one. I need it. Blah 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 blah. And like you're seeing worse things, worse things, worse things, worse things before the point of marriage, right? And the universe is like saying just listen just listen why aren't you listening you're trying to force an outcome that isn't right for for you and and you know some people sometimes i'm not saying every person that faces a challenge in their relationship or or life that i'm like the universe was trying to say don't take this path sometimes you know what life is challenging and you have to compromise and you have to have um, a bit of patience and there's other lessons behind that but say for example you know simplifying this obviously and stripping a lot of variables out of the equation you know life is always kind of directing you in the right way if, if you're listening close enough you know so I, I have like i have these these experiences a lot of times so i might see um a, a milk carton in the fridge the back of my mind i was like no no that might be out of day or might you know i might have missed a day or two and, and there's no smell there's no nothing but and and you know i might be i might pull out the milk and i accidentally pour it all over the table and then I'm angry. I'm like, oh man, I just wasted this milk. How I can't believe it. And now there's a big mess. But you know, life might have been saying, you know, this wasn't like you spilled this milk intentionally. Not in, like I did it intentionally. Like it, like something caused me to spill this milk because it would have caused great harm to me. But in the moment, I was like, oh my god, like this is so annoying. There's a mess. Why is this happening to me? You know, I was very careful to take it out of the fridge. How did this blah 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 happen?
I definitely can relate to that. And um, you remind me of, especially now, like being a mum, that sometimes when you know your children, like you have a plan for the day as to what you want to do, and your children, for example, decide that they're going to chuck a tantrum or that they're unwell or that you know they just want to play with you or whatever it is, and you just feel like, oh my god, like I have so much things to do. This is getting out of control. Like, I'm just a failure. Like, I can't do anything, right? Like, I can't be present with them because I'm just thinking about all the other things I need to do. But when I started to let go and you just go with the flow, you know, you try to set it within boundaries. You give them time. You give them space. Um, you, If something, like, is spilt over, what, you just let it go. It's like, okay, what's the lesson in this? What can I teach my child? How can I help them to avoid the situation? You know, whatever it is, like, if someone's sick, what... what this is teaching me patience, right? I should be thankful for when I'm well because that reminds you that you have been given a gift that sometimes you're blind to until you lose it, etc. And when you start to let go and you um, not only find peace, not only do you see people around you reacting to you differently because they see that change in you, that you're just calm and you take everything that might be negative as a positive, but I feel like that distinguishes you from the crowd because there were, I remember when I'm like, when I was at work, there always be those like one or two people who are leaders who no matter when like things look like they're about to crash, they just absolute calmness. Like the, it's like nothing, it's not a big deal. And they just push on and talk to you like, okay, so what's next? Whatever, everyone else might be jumping up and down, like feeling horrified and like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And I'm like, how do these people do it? Like, they literally have no emotion. But what it is, is they've learned that no matter what happens in life, it's all about your reaction. And that you can make a matter worse by choosing to kind of dwell on it and um, point out the negative and the challenges. Or you can go, okay, yes, this is hard. Step back. What am I going to do about it? What's the lesson learned? What can I teach somebody to avoid the situation? Not only does it pay off in the long run, but it's distinguishing from the crowd, especially, for example, if you're working, because they're like, okay, this person can be the calm in the storm to keep things moving, to keep things afloat, rather than let's just pull another plug and let everyone, you know, um, drown. So I've learned that real peace, one of the contributing factors is for you to manage your reactions and change your thinking. And if you make a mistake or you fall down, it's okay get up again don't think oh see like I'm just so emotional oh like why did I I said I was going to be this type of person but I failed no just get back on track keep going and do it because you want it for yourself and no one else and I see I feel like life will be so much more peaceful it's like you have a happier life and yes it's scary sometimes you know like it's hard not having certainty but you feel like you're in a much better place than what you would have been in the past it's interesting hearing these stories because I feel like we're all basically on the same journey in terms of learning the same lessons around letting go. And I, I've definitely like let go of a lot of attachments. And again, I come back to the fact that, you know, I think God and the universe is essentially the same person here, but like directs you in terms of learning those lessons so you can detach yourself from from whatever, you know, you are attached to in terms of objects like this. I'm, I'll give you an example. I was driving my car back once from training and I'm just driving on the road. I'm on the phone chatting to my friend and all of a sudden I get hit from the left side 
by another car and it's like late at night and you know I, I, I spent a lot of money on my car and you know I'm obviously I mean I guess the natural reaction also would be to upset to, to be upset would be to be upset about your car getting hit right because it's like it's new it's what well, it was relatively still new and it's an expensive car and it's just like oh my god like um it is damage to it like I, I think my, my old instinctive reaction would be one of like panic a bit of like strong annoyance frustration like maybe some internal like monologue in my head going like like if i only had just left a bit later or you know if i had just paid attention i could have stopped it from happening or whatever and then it's funny because i, I like i've gone through a lot of these lessons in terms of letting go of control like when he hit my car, like I didn't think of anything except like, oh, good, I'm safe. Like, um, it's it's not that bad. Like I, I got hit. I saw him hit me. He's run off. He's like driven off the guy. So, I mean, I had to kind of chase him down because I'm like, I need your, your details. Eventually got him to stop and park. And I just remember like thinking the moment when he got out of the car, like I, I, in myself, I was like, I'm not angry. Like I'm not even upset. I'm not, I just, I don't feel anything at the moment in the sense of like, I'm just glad that I'm okay, right? Like this guy is kind of kind of jumping up and down in the sense of like trying to say it's my fault, whatever. I was just like, I'm not going to get into this. Like I'm, I just want to take the photos, you know, get your, your exchange out details and let the insurance deal with it. But I was honestly um, impressed by myself as egotistical as it sounds because I just didn't care. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not, I, I realized I'm no longer attached to like my, my, my like material possessions. I get back home, one of my friends you know, he, he says, oh, man, like, you must suck. Your car got here and everything. I, I, I literally told him, like, there's part of me that actually wanted to laugh, like, when, when my car got hit, and I don't even know why. Oh, maybe not. No, laugh in the sense of just, like, it was like, well, it happened. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Like, it's all good. You know what I mean? And, like, I thought it was, it's, it's a funny story from the sense of just, you guys know, like, you know, the guy turned out to be a drunk driver. He ends up rocking up to my sister's house drunk with his fly open, you know, greeting my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law's like, what the hell is this? Like, what's going on here? You know, like, it's a whole mess, right? But, yeah, I just remember thinking, like, in my head also, am I, like, be careful. Like, I, I remember, like, when I, when I got hit by the car, I'm like, are you reacting because that's the expectation, that's ex- expectation that is expected in this particular incident that you should be angry, you should be um you know, like, I, I, I don't know, like, worked up and stuff? Or is this who you are? And I said to myself, I remember in that moment, like, I, I remember catching myself, like, hold on, you're just about to get angry, but that's not what you want to be right now. That's what you've been conditioned to believe that you, how you're supposed to react to this situation. How do you want to react? And deep down, I was like, I don't care. Like, I have insurance. I pay a lot of money for insurance. That's the whole point, Right. And, and that I was able just to let go because I'm like, well, I've done everything that I could to you know, for when this incident would happen so that I wouldn't need to behave or react this way. Not that you should anyway. And I, I just remember thinking, feeling very free, you know? Yeah, I actually remember your reaction to it. And I was, I was quite surprised as well because you were very calm and then we were playing, I think, cards that night yeah, and they were playing board games as well. And, and, and we were just all laughing and joking and again some some of the boys were like but aren't you upset you know and and you're like no it is what it is and i I feel it's interesting that you say that because i remember you had grown so much by that point where like you learned a lot of lessons about attachment like 
people shouldn't attach themselves to things or even other people because when you do you know it makes life a little it makes life more challenging because if these things disappear at some point in your life you know a lot of people be devastated and so dangerous to attach your self-worth or your your value or your image to to something that's transient you know um, the only thing that you should really focus on, you know, is is yourself, is your beliefs, is your is your values. If you always stay true to yourself, you, you know, no matter what happens around you, you know, you always have, you you know, you you always have who you are. Like you, no one can take that away from you. No one can take away your 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 happy attitude. You know, your your health, um, unless you obviously give them that power. But you should never ever feel like your happiness is dependent on something or someone or your joy or your self-worth it's such a very very dangerous concept and i know it's i i mean i'm not preaching here and i'm, I'm sure i might have at some, at some point i did kind of attach myself to material things and, and people but no one should you know yeah i just want to quickly jump in and say like i remember when i used to read a lot of you know these statements and sayings by like famous people or somebody like the buddha right in the sense of when they when he would say attachment is the root of all suffering and i'll be like i don't understand that like what does that even mean yeah, you know like back in the days i'll be like i was like that's very yeah very very airy fairy very vague like i don't get it and then it's like it's funny because then life starts to hit you with lessons mm-hmm. and then you're like oh so that's what that means and i just put up my hand up just to make one comment because I, I realize I tend to do this as well. Sometimes when we're giving advice or when we want to share something, um, we we kind of apologize. And I think it's fair to an extent that, you know, sorry, I don't mean to preach or, yes, I want to point out I'm a hypocrite at times. But I think it's a reminder to myself and to others that it's okay sometimes that even if you're a hypocrite, but you're on that journey to make yourself better, or on that journey you want to help a friend or a family member or just a stranger that you know you don't feel bad to say what you think is right or what is good or what may be of help even if you fall down or even if um, it may be taken across in a in a like oh what do you think you're better than me because if you're genuine you may be helping somebody and it tells yourself it's okay that if you make a mistake, you don't always have to like remind yourself that you you shouldn't be able to talk about a particular subject because you're a hypocrite. I don't know if I'm communicating it clearly, but it's like sometimes you have to do that disclaimer, which I do. It's like I know I'm a hypocrite sometimes. I sometimes fail. But that's okay to say as long as you're aware that it shouldn't prevent you from saying what you have to say because you could be helping someone and you need to treat yourself like the way you would treat a friend like yeah. you know what i mean it's okay it's a journey you'll get up and down up again and try again i hope that makes sense that makes a lot of sense like i agree like sometimes when i'm, I'm listening to even both of you like I, I realize there are moments when i'm like oh they're not showing themselves enough self-compassion because you're saying you know like you said like you're saying I, i'm a hypocrite or oh, i don't want to preach and i think there was a moment like you 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 said something early in the conversation in my head i was just like oh she needs to show herself a bit more self-compassion because yeah it's true it's easy to um critique yourself you know and it's we're all on a journey so it's we have to show ourselves some kindness and be like you know i'm i'm 
I, sh- I just need to know myself that I'm not preaching. You know, the way other people are going to interpret it is the way they're going to interpret it. You know, what I mean, I think just from the conversations that we have and the vulnerability and authenticity, you know, they should form their judgments from that in terms of like these are individuals who are just being honest and you know, essentially they're going on their own journey and they're learning a lot of lessons and they're just trying to sh- share their wisdom um, with us. So wisdom, <laughs> I know, you know, it's funny like the way I just pronounced that word because in grade four or was it grade two i can't remember i think it was grade four um so my dad obviously being ethnic he can't pronounce certain words and so he he obviously so we we well certain words so i i picked up like they call them fam, was it familial accents or there's a certain term for it and for a very long time i couldn't pronounce the word um with with w-i-t-h so i used to always say whiz and so obviously, you know, I'd be like, yeah, so I'm going with, or, you know, that's with, and then, you know, in, in an English society, it's like, what, what the hell, what are you saying? So I, it seems like I still have that every now and then. It just comes out that, what, what do they call it? Like Tourette's, but it's not Tourette's. Um, so on that note, guys, we're going to set up a Patreon page to help send my brother to some English lessons. So we'd really appreciate your support. You know, if you could just spare three ninety nine every month. <laughs> Unless you're a speech pathologist out there and you're willing to offer your services for free. I'm happy to take it up. But anyways, guys, on that note, we're at one hour and 13 minutes. And we just wanted to wrap it up and say thank you for tuning in with us for episode four of Two Twins and a Mic, the Grammatically Incorrect podcast. And yeah, like we wanted to say a big thank you to our special guest, our sister, Sharon, and we hope she will come on future podcasts with, with us. Let us know what you guys thought about today's episode. We're always keen to hear your feedback. And yeah, please subscribe to our Instagram channel and also on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. And yeah, leave us some feedback so that we can grow and improve and I'm going to pass on the mic for some last comments to my brother and my sister. I can't believe how fast time kind of flew. Honestly, I feel like we could continue for another hour, but we said we wanted to kind of stay around the one hour mark. So we will do that. Again, thank you to my sister for participating in our conversation today. I just wanted to reiterate, we're on a number of platforms. Again, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, we've got f- an Instagram page if you guys want to leave comments there. We've got a Facebook page if you want to leave, leave comments there. And I think you should be able to leave comments on the YouTube um, YouTube yeah, channel. So that would be great because, you know, we, we, do, we do take your feedback quite seriously. Um, we are developing this as we go along. And we hope, you know, you continue to join us on this journey. My sister's last few words. Um, thank you guys honestly it was a bit like nervous in the beginning but it's a reminder to all that if you feel like you're interested in something don't be the person don't you be the person that holds yourself back give it a go and those that support you and love you will kind of help you through it and honestly it's been fun and I enjoyed it and I hope in the future we can like have a little quick session again but yes please remember to subscribe give them a thumbs up I, I know that it really helps any kind of um person starting out with some feedback and just with the way google kind of um analytics works so please subscribe and yeah just show your love and support to them thanks guys that's a wrap